G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. Welcome to the Footyology Podcast with Rowan Connolly and Robert Shaw. G'day everyone, welcome to the Footyology Podcast, the last of our pre-season editions with a new men's season about to begin. The excitement in the air, palpable, but the excitement in the air around the Footyology Studios, also palpable because today a new era begins. We paid our uh, due respects to Mark Fine last week, and I'm sure he'll be one of the most eager listeners to this next episode as we unveil our new Footyology co-host. And I cannot tell you how pleased I am to have this man aboard, former Fitzroy Adelaide senior coach, former Essendon premiership assistant coach, one of the most respected analysts of the game in the business, it's a very big welcome to you, Robert Shaw. Well, you had to twist my arm, didn't you? But <laughs> um, look, um, fantastic. It's a, as you know, Rowan, it's a passion of mine. It was my career. And um, in, a, in another lifetime, we both enjoyed different types of presentations with our club, Essendon Footy Club. I was analytical, you were news and stories. So, um, yeah, that was the last time I've done a, a an analytical podcast, and I loved doing that. Don't know what happened, but <laughs> we're both not there anymore. But that's another day and another story. So thanks very much, and sort of turns back the clock to the old days of SEN, where Finey and I—I I think we did seven years of Sunday mornings, which is um, uh, ten to twelve. One, it's ratings period, probably because. <laughs> Everyone was still at breakfast, but thanks, mate. Thanks for the invite. A uh, bit of work to do. Uh, I take it seriously, and um, hopefully we can give the listeners um, a little bit of insight. And as you and I are, it'll be something different. Um, we're certainly not yes men, and we'll we'll give our opinions strongly on all clubs. Uh, very, very well put. And uh, we're definitely not yes men, and. Just to keep you honest, though, Shory, this isn't always just going to be about footy. I just thought I'd put you to a quick little credibility test here. Now, Finey and I spent the off-season listing our favourite 20 movies and songs, and we finished it up last week. So I just thought I'd just throw you in the deep end and without any uh, notice at all, ask you to nominate off the top of your head your favourite movie of all time and your favourite song of all time. Uh, the song's easy. Five concerts of the Rolling Stones, including an in-house one at the Enmore Theatre with about 300 people in Sydney, early 2000s. Um, Angus Young came on stage, wow. played with them. That was pretty good. But um, So what's the haunting, song? The Haunting Gimme Shelter is a classic, both live and on audio. So that's my genre and my era and my song. Movies a lot harder. I do like it has to have a true story. 
um, that has to have history. I, I like the Goodfellas, Henry Hill. I like the Irishman, um, Jimmy Hoffa. And Robert De Niro's Once Upon a Time in America goes for four hours, but it tells the story of um, a young gang growing up in New York. So it has to have something that I can go back and read and say that was true. So put a line through three of those or put a tick alongside three of those. I love those type of movies. Well, there are some uh, massive heavy hitters there. There's no doubt about that credibility. Finally did suggest uh, uh, seven out of 10 of your top songs would be by the Angels, which I was thinking about last night, actually, because I don't know why I went down a, a YouTube rabbit hole and uh, I, I look, don't get me, I, I love the Angels, but I'd f completely forgotten about this song, which was a single not released on an album, Into the Heat from February 1981. Great track by the Angels, if you've forgotten that one. Check it out. Anyway, Shory, there's an example. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's my era. That's school growing up. That's uni. So uh, that sort of stuck with me. We should get along very well. Um, <laughs> no, I knew we'd get along very well. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, too, for people, uh, Shory and I both collaborated on the Bomber Club magazine back in 1988 when I was putting that thing together and you were reserves coach. So we do go back a fair way. We, we are here, though, to talk football. And for your debut episode, we thought perfect time and perfect occasion to do a season preview. Let's look at the prospects for each of the 18 AFL clubs in 2022. No time to waste. Let's get stuck into it. Our first club for preview, Adelaide. Their 2021 record, seven wins, 15 losses. They finished 15th. The Inns, well, as a particularly good one, a very talented young running defender, Jordan Dawson from Sydney. The Outs, considerable too. Jake Kelly, he's gone to Essendon. David McKay, retired. Daniel Talia, retired. Tyson Stengel, delisted. Tom Lynch, delisted. Injuries, they're going to miss Rory Laird for the first four to six weeks of this season after a broken right hand suffered in their practice game against the Crows. Look, it's another year of development, I think, uh, for Adelaide, Shorey. They've got some good kids to count on, though, haven't they? Yeah, and they get Walker back. And so if they can get Pinkoff uh, and Fogarty firing as a, as, a, as a formidable front three, they've got something to build on. But um, the area they've got to improve on, they're ranked as the third worst team for um, moving the ball. So they do actually okay. Nixie's done okay um, getting him to the top 11 or top 10 defensively as a team. So it looks like as a coach, he peeled it back and started like a lot of them do, Rowan, to, to create a defensive mindset and a defensive organisation, especially without Walker. But you're quite right. Um, Seedsman's also a very important player for them. And he's... Um, He's been brought down by the uh, the dreaded concussion situation. Jordan Dawson is a good player, and St Kilda, uh, the, the Swans didn't want to lose him. So, um, look, yes, yeah, seven wins was a pretty good effort. It was, and I think if you were, you know, if you're tracking a side's improvement to go from that three wins to seven wins, um, pretty reasonable. Against that, you know, they did start with a three-one record, which means. They lost, what, 14 of their last 18. Not ideal. But 
there is some talent there. I mean, Phil Thorpe, uh, Fogarty, Scholl, Schoenberg, Butts, Hamill, Rowe, McHenry, McPherson, uh, plenty of Macs in that, uh, plenty of Scottish credentials there in the Crows list, but some really good kids. And I think Matthew, I like the way Matthew Nix has gone about it. He's very no fuss. Seems to really have the respect of the players. Um, I can see them improving a reasonable amount uh, this season. How do you see them going? Look, they bottom right out both on and off the field, didn't they? They were um, um, in real, real issues in both areas. So he's come in and, you know, this is another phase of a rebuild. This is a classic rebuild. You've mentioned the names there. You mentioned the outs. Um, they do have the capacity to score if their ball movement improves. So, look, can they get out of the bottom four? I, I believe they can. But for the sake of the exercise um, and for the reasons you gave, an outstanding start last year, um, I've got them in the bottom four. Yeah, I, look, I've got them bottom four as well. It's really hard to, uh, given the potential for improvement of so many sides now from year to year, um, you'd have to be have finished 2021 with a bullet, I think, to uh, to mark them any higher than bottom four. So bottom four for me as well. That is Adelaide in 2022. Let's go to next cab off the rank. Let's have a look at Brisbane's prospects for 2022. Their record last season, 15 wins, nine losses, a final position of fifth. Finals disappointment for the Lions again. The Inns, Darcy Fort, a talented ruckman from Geelong, joining the Lions. He should be able to make a difference. Significant outs include Grant Birchall, retired, probably the only significant out in fairness. Well, they've been terrific under Chris Fagan for three years now, Shorey, but uh, just can't get the job done when it counts. Um, where do they need to improve? Do they have prospects of going all the way this season? Well, it's very interesting, Ron, because um, looking at the um, the basics of their game, they're third without the footy, so they've got a good defensive structure. Fourth with their ball use. They're number one in the competition for clearances, given Zorko and McCluggage. Uh, Mitch Robinson goes in there. Good Ruckman in Mac Ernie. Um, and they're third in the contest. So they tick all the basics in the um, in what's called core stats. So if you want to do well as a team, you've got to do really well in those areas, I feel. And they've got the talent. They've got Hip, Hipwood probably coming back. Well, he'd be nine months in an April recovery, maybe a little bit too early for a big bloke, but you'd love him to team up with Danaher and McStay, with Cameron Zorko, Rayner. Rayner back from injury is a big one for them. And McCarthy was an excellent pickup from the Cats. So you add them all together and probably a real watch on this kid. We saw what he can do last year. So can he go and do a little bit more in the midfield? He's 22. He's already played 70 games of development. So my player watch for Brisbane is obviously going to be Zach Bailey. Very classy player, isn't he? Of course, won him that game against Collingwood last year. I was thinking about Cam Rayner. I think he's a really important addition to a midfield that's pretty strong already with Neil Zorko, Jared Lyons, love him as a player, uh, Mitch Robinson, Bailey, Jared Berry, Hugh McLuggage. Gee, they've got some some good names going through there. 
And they're very productive up forward. No doubt uh, the acquisition of Joe Danaher was a, a big success. Uh, Cameron, 55 goals last year. Danaher, 46. McCarthy, 36. Bailey, 31. Four guys each kicking over 30 goals. That's very productive. So there's no doubt they've got the raw tools, haven't they? What worries me a bit, Shorey, is the mental side of it. One win from six finals. You know, they go at 74% at the Gabba during the home and away season, but just 17% in finals. And I reckon once, you, um, once you're guilty of those finals losses three years in a row, it might be time to start uh, questioning the mental fibre. So that's, the, that's a concern for me. But in terms of raw talent, coaching, et cetera, they are once again a contender this season. Yeah, I've got them taking the next step with reservations because you, you summed it up perfectly. What percentage was that in finals? Did you say uh, 17, that? yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's not a good record for a team that picks so many boxes with so much talent and really have an excellent all-round game. So, look, you and I don't know the Brisbane Lions as well as some of their supporters. And, and through the year, we might get a chance or get some feedback on what their actual thoughts are, but I would think that um, would pressure come on Fagan if we if we have another um, bailout at finals top. I don't think so, but um, it's it's a little bit of a confusing team given so many positives that have. I've got them going to the next level through experience, another year of finals, another year of finals disappointments. Remember a team close to our, us that um, went out in back-to-back -back elimination finals in teams that I played in in the early 80s when we finished in the top two or three, Essendon. I think we went out with 16 wins one year and straight out. So um, it does build a resolve. So that's what I'm hoping to see from Brisbane, that this really builds experience and a resolve. And maybe it is a mental toughness issue they actually just do tighten up a little bit in finals time, Ryan. Yeah, that, thanks for bringing up those elimination finals. Yeah, two years in a row, they went out after winning 16 games. And I think the number of elimination final defeats for Essendon now up to 28. No, just kidding. It just feels like that. Brisbane, agree with everything you say. I just, yeah, I just wonder if they can get the job done when it counts. Bottom half of the eight for me. Okay. Let's move on. Let's have a look at the Blues, their 2021 record, eight wins, 14 losses, finishing position of 13th. The Inns, they're pretty impressive. The biggest, of course, Adam Chera from Fremantle, highly sought midfielder joining the on-ball troop at Princess Park. George Hewitt from Sydney, very handy run with player as well. And Lewis Young. Uh, a young gun from the Western Bulldogs, perhaps just denied a bit of opportunity. So some impressive ins. The outs, Eddie Betts retired. Mark Murphy retired. They don't come a lot bigger than that pair. Liam Jones, of course, uh, controversially retiring after uh, refusing to uh, accept the AFL's edict on compulsory vaccination. Sam Petrovsky-Seaton has gone west. Levi Casbolt delisted. Michael Gibbons delisted. So uh, some significant offs. There's some significant injuries, unfortunately, for the Blues at the start of a season. None bigger, of course, than absolute superstar Sam Walsh, who has syndesmosis. He's probably likely to miss the first month of the season. Uh, Caleb Marchbank, David Cunningham, 
handy pair, uh, longer-term prospects recovering from ACL injuries. Well, Shory, new coach in Michael Voss, and as ever, plenty of expectations from the considerable Carlton Army. It's been a long, long wait. How are they going to go? I think they're going to go all right for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, the new coach is going to make um, a, a big difference. Um, a far more intense and assertive approach by Michael Voss and attention to detail in defence and hard work. So that will get a natural improvement because last year they were rated 15th without the footy. That's a bit of an indictment to Teague because that's, that's not David Teague that we know, is it, Rowan? Mm -hmm. Defence, hard work, and they're also 15th in the contest. So if they can get in the top seven or eight in both of those, and as you said, you've mentioned the players that are in, and I, I've just got a theory about improvement. They've had to rely on Walsh and Cripps to carry them, and both have been affected. Walsh sometimes with the tag, Cripps with injury, soreness. We saw him last year. Now, with Williams and Sard settling down, they've got to get Kernow and Mackay consistent, playing for playing, and then you've added the two blokes that you said. Hewitt from Sydney is a big in, tall midfielder, can play forward, but also can do a, a, a tagging job. And, of course, the class of Sarah. That, I know it sounds funny, that puts Walsh and Cripps now in the bonus category. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. To, if Cripps and Walsh get held for some reason, they've still got the capabilities to win. And I'd like to see Cripps go forward more, come out of full forward, and maybe in a change with Hewitt. Well, he kicked four in that uh, practice game and looked really impressive doing so, Cripps. So I think you're A great on sign, Ron. A yeah, really yeah. good sign. Yeah. Look, a couple of things for me. Midfield depth has always been lacking. I've been really disappointed with their skill level for several years. They turned the ball over so much. They were very laborious coming off halfback in the uh, the, Brent, uh, the Brendan Bolton days, you know, fixed up uh, their attacking penchant a bit under Teague, but then, you know, couldn't get the defence right. So they really struggled for balance. I think that's one thing Vossi will be concentrating on. At the end of the day, though, it's just about talent, isn't it? And look, one thing great about them for the long term, they've got three superstars, really, or potential superstars on each part of the ground, weetering down back. Mackay up forward, Sam Walsh in the middle, and, you know, a, a guy like Chera coming on board as well. Another weakness for me, just mentally, I think they've been a bit fragile, haven't they? They've had their occasional shellacking. I don't um, think they will be now. He won't allow them to be, Rowan. Yeah, well, I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, I, I guess having a tough character like that in the coach's box and a, a, a guy who, as a player, was universally respected, I don't think that should be understated either. Look... I think they're a, a sneaky uh, chance for the eight, but then so are 13 or 14 teams. And I can't quite squeeze them in, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did finally make the finals. Your call? They need uncompromising coaching. They need accountability to a game plan. And they need a consistent work rate because their talent ticks a lot of boxes. But we're saying that about a lot of teams. I'm, I'm with you. I... I rate Liam Jones heavily, uh, highly, sorry. He will be missed, and I would have had them in the eight if they had a settled defence. So for me, 
They're round nine, ten, just missing out. Let's see how we go with that call. And let's now head to look at the fortunes of the Blues' fiercest rival. Let's talk about Collingwood. Uh, really disappointing 2021 season. In fact, one of the worst in the history of the club. Just six wins, 16 losses, and a finish of 17th. Uh, their lowest finish in history. The ends. Well, some t- young talent pouring into this club. I guess the biggest in is coach Craig McRae, uh, he of triple Brisbane Premiership fame. Uh, some decent ends on the playing front too. Patrick Lipinski from the Bulldogs, Nathan Kruger from Geelong, and one of the most highly touted father-sons in history, I think it's fair to say, Nick Dacos son of the Macedonian Marvel, Peter. The outs, few retirees, Levi Greenwood, Chris Main, Josh Thomas, um, and a couple of delistings as well. I think uh, fair to say rebuilding and redevelopment is the order of the day in 2022 for the Magpie, Shory. Do you agree? On the 17th, was it a lack of talent, lack of injuries, or a complex system? You know, it's interesting to hear Bucks talk now how by his own admission, he was in a cocoon. He was only dealing with people in his close proximity within the club. So I think one of the things that McRae will do will be more expansive in his relationships around the club, probably a little bit more relaxed. I'm not sure whether that will do the job, but watching Collingwood, it was a hard watch, wasn't it, Brian? It wasn't an enjoyable watch. You mentioned labour intensive. I reckon Collingwood invented the word or Bucks invented the word labour intensity. They don't they don't get banged for their buck going forward, do they? No, nah, well, they were 14th with the football, ranked 14th and 13th without the footy. So they were neither good with it or good without it. And you come up with a reason why they were 17th. They were the fifth worst team at converting entries. So you just said that. They got it in there. But what was the system going forward? But... You know, Dacos using him off half-back flank. And I just hope we see a fit Jamie Elliott. Really important. A consistent 20-game season from Jamie Elliott. Well, he's one of three players that for class really stand out for me. And the other two are pretty obvious. Darcy Moore, um, I guess one of the preeminent key defenders in the competition and uh, a, a potential superstar if he could clean up his act off the field in Jordan Degoe. Uh, really like Taylor Adams as well. It's about class, though. They really need to build up their stocks of, of out-and-out class. And for me, uh, a big concern in that regard is the drop-off due to age. You know, it's perfectly understandable of both Scott Pendlebury and Steele Sidebottom. Now, they uh, have been very reliant on that pair for a long time. I don't think they can afford to rely nearly as heavily on them anymore as they have. And uh, they're quite aware of that. And, and they're trying, w- working very hard to uh, to build up the stocks of talent. And to that end, I like the, you know, they've got some good kids. I like uh, particularly Isaac Kanor. I think he's a, a really impressive young player. Um, Braden Maynard, you know, he's become the heart and soul of that side pretty quickly. Unfortunately, a couple of games suspension there. Might see him miss the start of a season rather untimely. But got to fix up that forward setup, Shorey. They don't have enough targets. Um, as we said, they uh, they dick around with it way too often when they get it in there. 
And look, just on that class front, the uh, I guess the stat which really reveals it there, their record against top eight sides last year was one and ten. So if you're consistently falling short against the top sides, that's telling the story, isn't it? You just got to uh, replenish the talent that has been lost uh, via attrition. Look, Dustin Martin found himself. Uh, Christian Petrarca has found himself. If Dugowie can, like I reckon it's a great date night. Dugowie, I probably should keep Dugowie away from... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. That's, that, that analogy <laughs> doesn't... Dugowie, Martin and Petrarca, sit them down and say, how'd you do it? Because talent-wise, he matches them. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do, absolutely. He's explosive, brilliant out of full forward, good at stoppages. So find out what the issue is. And, and, and he should talk to these people. Off the field, they get off well. And if you get a phone call from a bloke from another club, you always take it and have a chat. And there's a lot of instances in that. So that would be my advice. Pendlebury to halfback flank. He can do a virtual. He can do a hodge maybe for even a year and another year. And, of course, side bottom, so important. Can he sustain wing play in this era, Rowan? Or does he have to drift forward more? All right, last word. Where have you got him? Region of the ladder. 17th, they pick up. They go up for 13th to 14th. Um, they'll get If they get a good run, they'll, they'll be yeah, around that mark. I can't see them pressuring the eight or the teams like um, Fremantle, Carlton, they're just behind them. No, years away from that, I reckon. Bottom four for me, um, perhaps next year as well. Let's move on. Essendon in 2022, the Bombers were finalists last year. 11 wins, 12 losses, a finish of eighth. The ends, the most significant, a good defender coming across from Adelaide in Jake Kelly. The outs, a couple of big names retiring, Kale Hooker, David Zaharakis delisted, Paddy Ambrose uh, delisted as well as Martin Gleeson. Um, well, really good uh, first year in the coaching box of Ben Rutten under his own steam, Shorey. I think people were pretty impressed with how Essendon played their footy. They seemed to all be on the same page for the first time in a while. Nevertheless, I think we both agree, and we are noted uh, uh, harder taskmasters on the Bombers. Uh, than some. Um, I think we both agree there's still a fair bit of work to be done, do we not? Yeah, look, you could talk about this club um, through a whole podcast, so we've only got four or five minutes. Look, they were genuine contenders. You know, they, they did really well. But you've got to look at the top teams. And this has been my bugbear with Essendon over the last seven or eight years, that they refuse to... Oh, no. They don't acknowledge the importance of team defence. Essendon are down with North Melbourne and Gold Coast in the ability to set up behind the ball and defend when the opposition have the football. Now, that happens for a couple of reasons. Their entries are too shallow. And what I mean by that, they kick the ball around 45 to 55. They don't have deep, dangerous entries. So they're liable to turn it over and don't give their midfield time to set up. They are 16th without the football. And if you go through the history, this is a concern because it becomes part of your DNA. They've lost the last six, seven finals by an average of 57 points. Don't look like, they don't look like they've got a list to go through or pass the 
elimination final. They've recruited talent very well. And you could give a, a list as long as your arm of outstanding talent. Have they developed a list over time to win pressure finals? And that is Essendon Football Club's, it's an indictment on them. They are the easiest team to move the ball against and they turn it over between that arc. So they've got considerable talent to make the eight. They do not have the game plan, in my opinion, to win the first final and to be playing off for the right to go into a preliminary final. Challenge over. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, no, well uh, well summed up, I think. For me, for the Bombers, it's more about attitude than game plan specifics. And I think the signs there are very good. I mean, the fact that last year you had Parrish, Merritt, Stringer, uh, Nick Hines, certainly, Laverde, certainly, Peter Wright, all having career best seasons. I think that's fairly significant. You know, it really is the first time in decades that the whole playing list has looked on the same page. And I think that can't be underestimated. And I think the cohesiveness, that's what gives you that fibre and that ability to resist things going against you, which you need in finals. And we both know Essendon's been way too soft a touch when it comes to pressure for a long time now. So I think that's really important. In terms of specifics, yeah, I still think they're a fair way short of the absolute best. You ever think about some of those losses last year, lost to Brisbane by 10 goals, Port by 10 goals. Yeah, the elimination final of the Bulldogs, uh, what, 50 points in the end. Geelong finished seven goals short. So there's still a class gap there. Um, also weren't good in the close finishes. I think one four in games decided by 10 points or less last same. year. It's not negative. It, it's a pragmatic look at areas of improvement. And it's mm. very, very clear, both in the short term and historically, that for some reason, the pressure, the physicality, the size of the players has not been developed or recruited to win big finals. Yeah, one, one, one you, more. You, you turn yeah. up against the dogs, it starts to rain and it's all over. So yeah. why is that? You know, anyway. Yeah, one more concern for me, just that forward line. I know they, they were pretty good for points scored last year, but uh, Hooker's gone. Uh, question marks about McDonald, Tip and Woody, just where he's at with his head and with his body. So um, some questions to be asked there. And a guy, young guy like Kane Baldwin might end up having a fairly significant role to play. Uh, okay, uh, in one word, where have you got them, Shorey? I've got them bottom half of the eight. Um, I've got them eighth. All right. Well, yeah, based we'll on based on history, not based on what they can do. We're just hoping, not hoping, we're believing that the improvement in Perkins and these sort of blokes might keep them around the mark. All right, let's head over west. Fremantle Football Club, it's third season under the coaching of Justin Longmuir. The Dockers record last year, 10 wins, 12 losses for a finish of 11th. The ends, a couple of good kids, Will Brody from Gold Coast, Jordan Clark from Geelong. Couldn't command a regular senior game with the Cats. He'll be a good pickup for them. Significant out, though, Adam Chera lost to Carlton and another significant retiree, 
in Stephen Hill. Significant injury to skipper Nat Fife um, has uh, had shoulder issues right through the preseason. Uh, Doc is confident he will get to the start line for round one, but uh, just a, a bit of a watch there on the skipper and dual Brownlow medalist. Uh, plenty of interest in the Dockers, Shorey. How do you see them going? Well, they're competing for that spot. We, we believe that Richmond will come back in V8. West Coast are just outside. Essendon just inside. And you've got the emerging Fremantle, Carlton, and possibly St Kilda. So it's a traffic jam um, from 8th to 11th or 12th, and they're right in the mix here. You mentioned Sarah. I won't go on with there. Um, Fife and Mundy are the real class, and I'd like to see them share the role on ruck roving and we and um, out of the full forward position. Um, they can both play there, and it just gives them a different dimension. Will Brody was a highly... I coached against him at school. He was a wonderful player. I know it's school footy, but if you ever thought that a player would come out of school, go through the under-18s and be a player, it's Will Brody. So I've lost contact with him, what he's like, but he gets an opportunity. He's a big body contested um, uh, player, stoppage player. They picked up Jordan Clark, of course, who gets a point to prove because he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy the way he was selected or non-selection. So he's talked the talk. Let's walk the walk and let's see if Chris Scott and his coaches were right or wrong. You know, you know, I, I'm an old fullback. We've spoken about Jones, Alex Pierce and Joel Handling, Rowan, 11 games in two years. So this mob haven't had stability in the back half. If they get that, they can really push the eight. Yeah, I agree. Look, that was one stat I was going to rattle off before. Hamling, 21, Chapman, 16, Young, 14, Pierce, 12, Cox, 10, Hughes, 9, Logue, 6. They are the games missed. That is a combined total of 88 games between seven defenders. That that lack of durability in that back six is a real concern. My big um, rap on them last year, Rob, and I think they'll go on with this, I reckon they've been very dependent on those best couple of players for a long time, haven't they? Five Wilders, Mundy. I reckon last year you really saw, and this is where the loss of Chera is, is such a pity because we saw Brayshaw come into his own. We saw Sarong come into oh, his yeah. own. Terrific. Sean Darcy as a ruckman went to another level. So the young talent is coming through, isn't it? I think it, now it's about getting that durability in their back six and also continuing to become a more effective team scoreboard-wise because that's been an ongoing issue, hasn't it? Yeah, they haven't got a very clear-cut point of difference as a team. They're, they're mid-table using the footy. They're, they're down the bottom without it. They're eighth at clearances and um, they're 13th in contested stuff. So... They're not really great at anything. Um, so that's an improvement. That will come with durability and, as you said, stability, particularly in their back half. Chera's a big loss, Rowan, given those young development of Brayshaw. And it's a significant win for Carlton and a, an equal loss for the um, for the Dockers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, it's an obvious one, but the home state advantage is considerable too. By the same token, it's an, a, a, a disadvantage when they have to fly east to play too. So you can make too much of that. Uh, one word, where have you got them? I've got them pushing for the eight, but not getting there. Thanks. Okay, that was one word. A very short word too. 
Uh, all right, there's Fremantle. Uh, let's talk about those uh, September perennials, Geelong. Let's talk about the Cats. 2021 record, 17 wins, eight losses, a finish of fourth. Boy, that's become a recurring theme over the years. The ends, well, haven't exactly gone young again. Jonathan Segler, Ruckman, picked up from Hawthorne. Tyson Stengel picked up uh, from Woodville West Torrens after stints with Richmond and Adelaide. They are the major ins. Uh, the major outs, Lockie Henderson retired. Jordan Clark to Fremantle. Josh Jenkins retired. Darcy Fort has headed to Brisbane. Uh, Charlie Constable delisted and picked up by Gold Coast. Nathan Kruger has gone to Collingwood. Well, surely, how many years we're going to say this for? They uh, look very, very capable during the home and away season, but cannot bring that form to the finals table. In fact, since their last premiership in 2011, their finals record now, a dismal seven wins, 15 losses, and of course, last start absolutely smashed in the preliminary final by Melbourne. Pretty ominous defeat that. Is the era finally over, Robert Shaw? Well, not according to the stats. They're very, very consistent in um, key indicators. They're, you know, they're fourth when they use the footy going forward. They've got a good contest situation. Um, their clearances are good, and they actually defend well. They've got a good record of defence, but maybe that's a little bit um, misted by the fact that this narrow Geelong ground allows them to set up a very good defensive situation. But if they get to the circle grounds, the bigger grounds, and that includes finals grounds, they can be exposed to teams that run and spread. Now, is that age or pace? Is it a reluctance to introduce young players? Because I've got Parford, O'Connor, Narkel, Stengel, having to play nearly every game and be really significant contributors. They look like they're going to split the, the midfield forward role with uh, Selwood 50-50, which is a good move. They're experienced. They've, they've got 10 players, 200-plus games, and they've got the Cardinia Park factor. They still make the eight, Rowan. I think I do too, but I, I think all those factors you listed there are spot on. I really want to throw this one to you just uh, without notice. I know Max Holmes quite well, as listeners of this podcast will uh, attest. Uh, he grew up, um, went to school with my son, David. So I've seen Max play footy from the age of about five. I know Chris Scott is a huge fan, very, very keen to get him into that side on a regular basis. He's played nine games. It was pretty good the other night against Gold Coast. I think he'll play most footy this year. But that, to me, is an indication of how keen Chris Scott is to get younger, quicker um, talent into that side. Why then is that contradicted seemingly by the sort of recruitment that uh, picks up, say, a, a Segwa and a Stengel, Shuri? Because uh, their age profile is still exceptionally old. Look, they do have very good talent. They One walk out the door because of lack of opportunities and they don't want that to happen again. Holmes, you're right. Ford mid, 50% of games last year, 12 games. I should have included him in that list of those young developing players. He's got a whole new coaching panel, Chris Scott. So hopefully their influences in terms of 
we have to inject pace, speed, and, and depth in our running to complement a very experienced um, unit. Um, it's it's still a good team. Segler is 30. Bruce Stanley's 31. Uh, Rada Galea, is he going to play centre-half forward or is he going to play in the ruck? So they've added depth to their ruck division. And, of course, they've got Hawkins that ruck so fantastically in the front half. All right. Uh, quick word on the Cats. You got them making the eight or not? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got them seventh. All right. Scraping in for me. Yes, same here. Okay. Let's head up uh, to Queensland. Gold Coast, Hope Springs Eternal for the Sun. Their 2021 record, seven wins, 15 losses, a finish of 16th. The ends, Mabior Chole from Richmond, Levi Casbolt from Carlton, Charlie Constable from Geelong are the main ones there. And the outs, Hugh Greenwood delisted. And uh, boy, that was a, a shocking list blunder that cost him an important midfielder. Jared Harbrow has retired. He was a great servant for them. Uh, Will Brody gone to Fremantle. Jack Homsch retired. Jordan Murdoch retired as well. It's been a crushing disappointment, uh, their whole history, Shuri, but um, you see signs occasionally. Can they keep that young band of uh, improving players together under the coaching of Stuart Dew and actually achieve something in 2022? Yeah, I want to go off off, um, off track here, Rowan. In your, in your um, previous life as a journalist, uh, a key football writer for the age, how big a story behind the scenes is the Clarkson Jew situation. And and will it be a constant throughout the year, given the fact that these blokes aren't going to get out of the bottom four? I, I think like what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. So how, how are you put your other hat on, yeah. previous hat on, what's going to happen with this? Uh, anytime they lose a string of games badly, it's going to crop up. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's the pressure is on Stuart Jew with uh, the, the considerable name of Clarkson in the background. He's very unlucky. Fancy losing Ben King in a pre-season, you know, because it looks like they've got Rao back to form, fitness and confidence. And his, his um, combination with his old schoolmate, Noah Anderson, uh, together with Tuke Miller, is going to give them plenty of the footy. So can they kick enough goals without King? They've got Flanders, Rankin, um, Lacatius, Corbett, all looking like being exceptionally good young players. So um, I think there can be significant improvement. I like Charlie Constable. He adds a different dimension, and he's another one that was sort of forced out of Geelong. He's a clearance and contested ball specialist. Looks like uh, Lacatius could be set to go back forward, of course, which was the the role in which he was recruited at a club. I mean, his, his uh, kicking skills were pretty handy coming out of defence, but the loss of King, as you say, absolutely massive. I don't think that can be replaced without Lacatius going forward, certainly not by... Uh, say someone like Sam Day, who, you know, is certainly an honest toiler, but hasn't had a lot of durability. Uh, and uh, I think they need to aspire to more than that. Well, Levi's going to have to lift, isn't he? Use his experience. He gets another opportunity at Gold Coast. Um, he's picking and all that, but he can clunk a mark and he can give them a target deep in the forward line. So he's going to be very important. But 
Um, I'd like to think they could get out of the bottom four, Ryan, but the king factor is going to keep them there, despite the fact that they could improve on the back of these young, exciting midfielders. It is hope more than expectation with them, isn't it? And uh, I, I agree with you to that end in terms of a ladder finish. Uh, it's bottom four for me. Let's move on and talk about Greater Western Sydney. Greater Western Sydney finished sixth in 2021 with 12 wins, 11 losses and a draw. Ins for the Giants for 2022. Jared Brander, the biggest name there coming across from West Coast. The outs, um, some big names. Shane Mumford finally retiring. Jeremy Finlayson traded to Port Adelaide. And a couple of delistings in Sam Reid, Matt Bunting. Interesting case study, Shory, the Giants. Grand finalists, 2019, fell off the perch a bit, 2020. I think really won a lot of people over last year in terms of respect um, because of the resilience under a ridiculous amount of injuries, and that just keeps happening to them. But they were really resilient last year, and I think uh, could be the making of them, not just as a team, but as a football club. How do you see it? Well, I thought they were fantastic, and Leon did a great job. Um, a, a couple of issues here, not so much um, analysis or tactical, but do you think the three captaincy choice to add Coniglio, um, uh, keep him in the leadership group with Kelly and, oh, I forgot the other one. Green. Uh, Green. Um, he'll miss a few weeks, of course, but does that add to the pressure or alleviate the pressure on, on Coniglio? I saw he had a good game the other day. Kelly had 41. Tom Green had 31. Taranto had 31. Ward 27 and Coniglio 27. So that, that's a great core group. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a positive, that it takes a bit of a pressure off, but recognises the value that he's held amongst the playing group. And it doesn't make that difference other than help his footy a bit. I'm not a big fan of co-captains. I, I think it's uh, a bit, I think it's yeah. a bit of a cop-out, to be honest. Well, Richmond have got a captain and a vice-captain. Melbourne won a premiership with Max Gorn and Jay Viney. So um, this is quite unusual for an experienced club, an experienced coach to go with the three. I just hope it helps him return. He's a very, very good footballer. And, and they've got the capacity once again. Not, I don't think they can progress to a preliminary final, but I've certainly got them sixth or seventh again um, based on that resilience. And given the fact that they did lose so many out of um, out of their defensive half, what a wonderful player that Sam Taylor is from Swan Districts. He's 22, he's played 53 games, and he gave one of the greatest exhibitions of full back play I've seen down at Geelong and Tom Hawkins, and still took 12 intercept marks. The only problem with that, Rowan, is that there were four umpires on the ground that didn't know his name. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, uh, that's a lot of the defender when it comes to Brownlow votes, isn't it? Um, look, I, uh, class is the issue for me. It's sort of ironic, a team that was such a, you know, we were calling them a Ferrari. You go back to, say, 2016, that was perhaps their golden chance. I mean, they had so many good players at the top of their game. They've gone the other way, and I think it's great to have those blue-collar values, but I wonder sometimes now whether they've got quite enough class against the, the very best teams. I think that was borne out in their semi-final loss to Geelong when they were dispatched with pretty easily by a side which themselves were smashed in a preliminary final. 
Um, and they occasionally just uh, mentally can go off a boil a bit. Lost some games they should never have lost last year. And the draw against North Melbourne in Tassie. Lost to Gold Coast. Uh, lost to Hawthorne. Lost to Richmond when the Tigers were struggling. Gave up a considerable lead. You know, that probably cost them going further in the finals. So pretty impressed with where they are given the the amount of losses off that list. I mean, have a look at the start of last year. They were all of a sudden without Cameron, without Williams, without Heathshaw, Jacobs, uh, Wangden, Caldwell. You know, every year they seem to lose a clutch of really good players and it has to take a toll. So they've hung in there well. I think that the best they can probably look forward to this year, though, is holding their ground. Where have you got them? Yeah, I'm holding your ground. I just want to add 30 seconds to that. Given the blue-collar nature that you've summed up very well and the way that that helped them make it, there's no doubt about it. The physicality and the hard work, it just shows you how important the role that Whitfield is off half-back. And if I was coaching against Gold Coast, my attention would be uh, distracted away from the midfield and making sure that Whitfield, the class act, the man they want the ball in his hand, um, has a player pretty close to him all the time. He's the key to him because, as you said, he adds that distribution and class factor, um, whereas the other blokes bring the grunt and the hard work. It's actually a good balance, Ryan. Let's see how it measures up in 2022. Let's talk about Hawthorne. Seven wins, 13 losses, two draws in 2021. They finished 14th on the ladder. No real notable wins. Max Lynch from Collingwood, uh, probably the one vaguely known. Jai Sarong, brother of Fremantle's Caleb, he has been drafted. The outs, Sean Burgoyne finally retiring at the age of 68. Uh, Tom Scully (laughs) (laughs) retiring. Jonathan Segler has gone to Geelong. Jonathan Patton retired. Tim O'Brien to the Western Bulldogs. Hanrahan, Cousins, Hartley, Greaves, Brooksby and Pepper delisted as well. Biggest in, no doubt, for the Hawks this season is in the coach's box. Out, Clarkson in, Sam Mitchell and a lot expected of him. Shorey, very keen to hear your thoughts couple of reasons which I'll explain in a minute. I've just got a bit of a hunch that the Hawks might improve significantly this season. How do you think? Um, My first line, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words to start off my summary I've written down. Not that quick to write them off. They've been listed as 14th, bottom four, quite regularly. Just quickly, Sicily back. Um... And it was very interesting to read um, um, a preview I read in the Herald Sun by David King. These stats, this is very interesting. So a big tick to Kingy for doing this. Mitchell used to be the number one clearance player in the AFL, one of Brownlow doing. He's now outside the top 25. James Warple won a best and fairest, and he was in the top 10 in contested ball players in the competition, is now outside the top 60. Did Clarko have a change of mindset about roles? Did he want more multi-dimensional roles with these players? Or will, will Mitchell, a sentiment, go back to playing players and maximizing the one particular strength they have in this team? So 
it was a great pickup and very interesting to read. It's interesting. Two factors for me when I think about a side likely to improve and perhaps surprise a bit. One is form over a longer period of time. So, okay, Hawthorne have had a couple of crappy seasons. However, very easy to forget, they were a top four team in 2018. And whilst they are a side in transition, I've been through the list this morning. They've still got 14 players, one third of their current list, who were there in 2018. Two massive ins for them, ins in inverted commas, in James Sicily and Jack Gunston. Huge ins for them. And I think they make a significant difference in two different parts of the ground. Um, I think the new coach bounce may work for them. But a big factor for me, Shuri, and now I know I went on and on about Sydney last year. I was one of the few people that thought that they'd improve. I tipped them to make the eight. I don't know if I'm game enough to tip the Hawks to make the eight, but one thing that really persuades me that they're on the right track is the way they finished off last season. And just to back that up, you think about the end of that last season, um, their second half of 2021 was so much better than the first half. They Five wins, two draws in the last 11 games last year. And this is significant. Four of those wins came against finalists, Sydney, GWS, Brisbane, Western Bulldogs. So I think things began to click for a few of those younger guys. And I think Sam Mitchell is going to continue that momentum, which I, I suspect a lot of people missed really picking up on 2021. That's why I think they're going to improve considerably. I 100% agree. I, um, I reckon out of the whole competition, they're a great watch. They're a very interesting watch. You know, the great Clarkson's gone. Mitch gets his opportunity after going away to West Coast and um, developing his coaching skills. They're a great watch. You've touched on Sicily and Gunston at either end of the ground. Okay, they can rest Gunston throughout the year, of course, but let's try and get 18-plus games out of them and great years out of Amir and Wingard. Get Mitchell back to doing what he does well. Warple getting back to doing what he does because out of adversary came this great young defensive back line. Absolutely fantastic, this back line. So watch the back half of last year and project it to the front half of this year. And of, I haven't, I should have had it here. I haven't got their draw in front of them. Hard, easy, whatever. But I would expect them by the halfway mark of the year to be knocking on the eight, if not in the eight, and then assessing it in the second half. Yep, I've got them pushing hard for the eight as well. Might even sneak them in there before the season starts. All right. Let's move on. Well, it's a grand old flag. Who'd have thought we'd be talking about Melbourne as the reigning premier heading into the 2022 season. Their 2021 record, 20 wins, four losses, one draw, finish of first. How great it is to say that after a 57-year drought. The ends, one of significance, Luke Dunstan, very experienced and tough St Kilda midfielder. The outs, Retired, Nathan Jones, Neville Jetta, Aaron Vandenberg, and delisted Jay Lockhart, Marty Hoare, Aaron Nitschke, Austin Bradkey, and Kai DeClass. Uh, I'm not sure. DeClass? DeClasey. Anyway, he's gone. Um, well, big ask to back it up. It was an incredible season, uh, Shory, but 
Their age profile is good. And uh, boy, there's some great young players in that lineup. And in terms of talent across all areas of the ground, you've got it pretty well covered. Rowan, I've made a point of, of saying without the football. And I want to clarify what that means. That's the ability to intercept the football when the opposition have got it, to pressure them, to turn over the ball, to chase them down, to deny them space, to make them ineffective, to pressure them, to hammer them, and to turn the ball over and go forward into a, a pretty constructive forward line for Melbourne. That's what I mean without the footy. They're ranked number one. So, Do, do you feel the, like, can I, I just ask yeah. you one off the top of my head, they sort of remind me a bit of how Richmond have played to win those flags, but with a touch more class and, and finesse and flair. It's been built on that, you know, that forward pressure. How hard do you work without the ball? And, like, I've been frustrated and critical of Essendon. Mate, they're ranked 16th, Essendon. How hard do you win without... It's, it, it's a very clear indicator. They're fifth at clearance. They're first in the contest around the ground, and they've picked up Dunstan. So if they have to rest a Viney, Petrarca gets a sore knee, they whack Dunstan in and play exactly the same way. It's a very perceptive selection. And their depth is terrific in all areas of the ground too, isn't it? Good example of what you just mentioned in defence. Harrison Petty still recovering from calf surgery. I think Trent Rivers doubtful, but you get a guy like Adam Tomlinson able to come back into the mix. Jason Hunt played 18 games. Correct, and very stiff to miss out. So the depth is there. Hunger, I guess, is the issue. And it's, you know, I know uh, our mate Kevin Sheedy, very big on the the skill of hunger. Is your impression that the Demons will have enough to turn what was an incredible year into an era? They've got a hunger for it. What were they, Rowan? Um, Were they 17th and 9th? They've been to the bottom. Yeah. A lot of these blokes, Jack Viney, um, remember that vision of him? I th- they got beaten by 120 points and he was in tears and he said, I've never been so embarrassed. If that stays with them, if 17th, the, the, if the tough times stay with you, you, you have a reference point to remind yourself, I don't want to go back there. I actually didn't mind playing in a grand final. And if yeah. we get a good run with COVID... Um, one of their desires, we want to play a final on the Melbourne Cricket Ground, particularly a preliminary final or grand final. Just one point, I know when I say about with how hard you work, imagine, just think how good Mayer and Lever are. They're very good players. They play different. One's a great interceptor, one's a great one-on-one. But they're still reliant on pressure up the ground. It's an old cliche. How hard do you work and how much time and space you can live May and Lever to work and to become the great players they are. There's the key to Melbourne. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the midfield balance too between Grunt and uh, a bit of outside speed and run, I think they got that balance right last year, didn't they? We saw Clayton Oliver really round out his game a lot more than we'd seen previously. Got to be Brayshaw and Langdon are unbelievable as traditional wingers. Yeah. Don't underestimate that. So... I've got them playing playing in the preliminary final, um, finishing in the top two and um, getting a home preliminary. Over to you, Melbourne. Uh, ditto for me on that score. Let's move on. 
North Melbourne, wooden spooners in 2021, four wins, 17 losses and a draw, but very much in redevelopment mode under the coaching of David Noble. Can that upward curve continue? Some big recruits, Hugh Greenwood from the Gold Coast, Callum Coleman-Jones from Richmond and a massively touted junior, Jason Horn francis coming across from South Adelaide. The outs, Robbie Tarrant has headed to Richmond. Trent Dumont delisted. Sean Atley, Taylor Garner, Dom Tyson delisted. Tom Campbell off to St Kilda. Well, uh, I like where they're going, the Roos, Shuri. Uh, some really good young talent. Um, and for me, probably the most significant stat about the Roos uh, out of their entire 2021 came at the end of the year in their best and fairest. Now, here's the top 10. Just listen to the names. Jai Simpkin, Ben Cunnington, Jack Zebel, Aaron Hall, Luke Davies-Uniak, Ben Mackay, Cam Zerha, Taryn Thomas, Kane Turner, Nick Larkey. There is a lot of young talent filling the top 10 places in the best and fairest, and that hasn't been the case of the Roos previously. One reason for optimism. How do you see them going? Look, David Noble's been outstanding with his self pitch in front of the cameras, selling the message. But I think old shin boners won't be too far away from saying, listen, the, the rhetoric's great, we get the message, but, you know, 20% wins last, last year. Um, do they, can they get to 30? Can they get to 35? Or can they double those wins? Because there's some really, as you said, there's some really exciting talent. Um, Stevenson, Larkey and Zerha up forward gives them a real chance. They've got a, a, a war horse in the ruck. Um, and they get Aidan Corback to help that back line and to give them some leadership. Look, they were the bottom in everything last year and quite understandable. Um, they were 100 points behind, um, uh, 100 contest points behind Gold Coast. It was interesting to, to listen to David Noble. I want to score. I want to attack. I want to be exciting. Whereas you look at Nick's, who was in a similar situation, wants to build. It's, it's, look, I'm not saying it's either right or wrong, but it's great for our listeners to understand that the, the philosophies of coaches vary. Nick's will build and got, got Adelaide to 11th in team defence and defence, where David keeps talking about, oh, I, I've got an inclination, I want to be exciting. But um, what do you teach young? Do you teach from the back forward? Do you teach from the midfield, where he's really developing some exciting talent? And yes, we can project three, two, three years down the track and, and go on the journey with him. But the thing is, will he be there to conclude the journey, because uh, if if Simpson has a bad year at West Coast, um, you, you you talked about Clarkson, um, Gold Coast, Jew. You can't tell me in twelve to eighteen months um, it'll be a, a North Melbourne Simpson discussion because it has to, it has to. Oh, that's that's yeah. nothing that's noble. That's just the nature of the beast that we exist in. So I'm hoping they can double their wins. It would be I'm very, really very tough on Noble if that were the case. And Adam Simpson, and don't get me You're wrong. You're saying it won't happen? That yeah. wouldn't happen? Well, I, I rate Adam Simpson, but it's not like the return of Ron Barassi, is it? You know, I mean, Simpson's got a good coaching record, but... Premiership coach? He is a premiership coach. So is Alex Jezelenko. 
Yeah, where do you go? <laughs> oh, no. I just no, that was a bit of a no, no. I'm I'm just showing up scenarios of of um where the, this is an intriguing team and then an intriguing coach and the direction they're going on. They're no, being I, I, consistent. Yeah. They're yeah. being consistent. I just hope they can go from that twenty percent games and really kick off a significantly improved year so that the punters can sit there and go, geez, you know, you said what you said last year. But you know what? You were right. This is good. Yeah, no, look, I, I think that's fair enough. And if you're a development coach uh, and, you know, particularly one of a lowish profile, it's always going to make it easier. They're certainly going to need all their senior hands on deck. And to that end, and I should have mentioned this before, Ben Cunnington continuing his recovery from a, a secondary recurrence of testicular cancer. So, uh, fingers crossed on that one. Jed Anderson, of course, missed a lot of preseason due to his uh, uh, standoff, if you like, about uh, the vaccine requirement. And uh, he'll require a pretty heavy-duty conditioning program, you'd think, to get him back to his best. So plenty of ifs and buts about the Roos. Uh, one word, Shory, bottom four for me for North. Yeah, it will be, but you can see the improvement coming. All right, let's move on to South Australia. Port Adelaide, are we starting to see the beginnings of another Geelong, i.e. close but no cigar? Their 2021 record, 18 wins, six losses for a finish of third. The ends, uh, probably the most significant key forward, Jeremy Finlayson coming across from GWS. The outs, Tom Rockcliffe retired. Hamish Hartlett delisted. Ruckman, Peter Adams going to Sydney. Interesting switch. That one, uh, Shorey, uh, looked pretty good during the season proper. Have a Brownlow medalist, of course, in Ollie Wines. Travis Boke playing career-best football at an advanced age. And some great kids, the likes of uh, Zach Butters and Xavier Dersmer, as well as Connor Rosie, William Drew. Added to that mix, he had a terrific 2021, but couldn't get the job done in the finals and particularly disappointing in a preliminary final thrashing at the hands of the Western Bulldogs. It's going to be important, isn't it? I like their experience, and um, I think you balance that. You said it perfectly, that that kid you coming in. Then then Butters, Rosie, Dersma, and Georgie Artis is going to get a wonderful opportunity been a little bit in and out, but these are 20, 21-year-olds with 30, 40, 50 games. So Kenny's got them perfectly placed in their youth. Um, they'll lose Dixon. They get Finlayson. Georgiades will stand up for mine. They're going to have the, the they're going to have the firepower in the front half, and they've added 113 gamer in Trent Dumont to more to add more to a versatile midfield. Uh, the big watch for me is 92 games. I wish I'd played 92 games. But um, Sam Pepper, Powell, Powell Pepper, I'm sorry, 92 games. That snuck up on us, Rowan, and yet to fulfil what looks like amazing potential. So uh, he, he's the individual watch. 92 games, a lot of footy. Do you think they lack a, a little in the uh, the resilient stakes? I mean, they, they're a side that, to me, look like they could use a bit of uh, the metal that GWS showed us last year. No, I agree. And and that's, look, they're, they're indicators, 
um, statistically are very good. Um, they do have to clean up their ball use. You're talking more a mental resilience, a mental toughness, which is a critical part of this team's makeup because they have shown that they can be very frail and inconsistent when you least expect it. They do drop games that you sit there and watch and, gee, they played poorly, or gee, they were mentally soft. Um, it's that They'll get to the preliminary final week. So I've got no doubt about that on the back of exciting young talent, a couple of recruits, and our old mate from Essendon, I like him. I reckon he's a terrific player and can influence games, but the young Fantasia has got to get that body right. He can be the icing on the Port Adelaide cake, but we said that about him at Essendon too. It's, uh, I look back on that 2020 preliminary final against Richmond now, and it could be a sliding doors moment, I think. You know, another another seven points and they win it, perhaps win a premiership, you know, but is it going to be another of these good eras for a club that unfortunately isn't capped off with a premiership? And funnily enough, Port Adelaide have been through one of them already, of course, uh, I think finished on top three years in a row, uh, only winning the flag in the third of those in 2004. So uh, you work hard to create your chances. You've got to take them. And they've got a number of players that I think have to perform a bit better on the final stage. Uh, I don't know if it's going out on a limb, but I've just got a feeling they might slip a couple of notches this season. You don't agree? No, I'm the opposite. I think they can kick. So that'll be interesting to, um, not that we're here to agree with each, each other far from it, Rowan, with you and me, but um, you've got them slipping too. I've got them uh, with another kick based on this potential of these young, exciting players. All right, let's see how that prediction pans out. Uh, all right, let's head to a team that has been a measuring stick for a few years now. Let's talk Tigers and uh, disappointing 2021. Uh, boy, they've had some great years preceding that, though. Last year's record, nine wins, 12 losses and a draw for a finish of 12th. First time Richmond missed out on finals action since 2016. One major in for them, that is the arrival of Robbie Tarrant from North Melbourne at a pretty advanced age, but uh, he's got a big job to do, of course, uh, replacing some defenders who are no longer part of the equation. And I'm talking there about Basha Hooley and David Asprey, both of whom have retired. Uh, some other significant losses too. Maybe or Chol has gone to Gold Coast. Callum Coleman-Jones has gone to North Melbourne. One significant injury uh, for earlier in the season, Shorey, is gun midfielder Kane Lambert. Um, a bit of a worry there as he battles a hip injury. I think most people expect Richmond to come back. Certainly injuries played havoc with their 2021. How effectively can they bounce back into the premiership mix in 2022, Robert Shaw? I'm concerned about the uh, the injury to Lambert and Graham, I think, um, has uh, got short-term repercussions, I think, because they've got to fill those gaps, a very important player. Puts, um, it, it puts Dion Prestia's hamstrings um, on notice because he's a, you know, 
all sides have got these blokes that may be not quite their best player, but they're so critical. And I think Prestia kicks that box for the Tigers. Um, look, last year, Rowan, only 11 players. They were decimated with injury. They're the lowest team. They had 11 players play 18-plus games. That's the lowest in the competition. Well, just let me run through that, Wes, because this is how significant it is. Uh, and the numbers I'm about to read out are games missed. So Ivan Soldo, 22. Prestia, 13. Floston, 10. Hooley, 10. Wambert, 9. Broad, 8. Bolter, 8. Nancurva, 6. Martin, 6. Edward, 6. That's a combined 98 games, an average of 10 per player. No club. Uh, I don't care. The uh, the uh, all-time all-stars could not withstand an injury toll like that. No, so we're going to give them a tick for that year. And um, and they look to the future at the draft. They had five picks inside the top 30. So you would hope that they've um, uh, Blair Hartley and his team down there have secured uh, a little bit of Richmond's future so they can concentrate on the rebound. And with talent coming in, it's an immediate replacement like for like with, with Asprey, who was so important for them. It's a good get, Robbie Tarrant, there's no doubt, because already he's allowed the experimentation of Noah Bolter going forward. Now, that might have hit a hurdle with Dylan Grimes getting an injury, but to have Bolter, Rewalt and Lynch in the front half, surrounded by those explosive small quicks, is a great balanced forward line allows Jack Rewalt and Lynch a little bit of pressure off them. And Bolter has already shown what he can do in the pre-season games. That's a, that's a great tactical move for the Tigers. I want to ask you this. Their game style, it's been so effective. Now, we just previously were talking about how Melbourne had adopted elements of that. I think Melbourne has a, a bit of a superior edge in class, though, compared to what Richmond had. Has the game moved ahead just in a couple of years to the point where Richmond's skills perhaps aren't quite good enough to get past the likes of a Melbourne or Western Bulldogs now? Well, I think they can get past the Western Bulldogs. I'm not sure they can get past Melbourne. We're unsure if anyone can get past. Melbourne's bigger bodies. Like, Cochin's not a real big man. And he, 260 games at 31. Edward's not a real big man. These are quality players, but Edwards is 33. Martin's got a solid body. Um, Prestia, strong, nuggety. But the likes of Petrarca and these blokes, uh, Oliver, they're, they're really good size. I think they've overtaken them, you know, Brayshaw on a wing. They've overtaken them in physical strength. The game plans are similar, but I think the physical strength of Melbourne. Um, but, but Richmond will get back to their pressure game. They set the tone. They showed the competition about forward pressure with their small players. And um, Melbourne have followed it pretty closely, but with bigger bodies. All right. So uh, prediction time. Where have you got the Tigers? Um, what is it? Top four, five, six, seven or eight. <laughs> Do you were similar on a lot of those? They're, they're, they're moving back. I, I don't think they'll get the top four at the end of the year, but I'm, I'm extremely bullish about their mental capacity to bounce back and be, have a real hunger about the club. No, it's pretty much exactly how I see it as well. Okay, a uh, few more left to go. Let's get on with it. 
Let's talk about Brett Ratton's Saints. Really disappointing 2021 from them after having made finals in 2020. Their record last year, 10 wins, 12 losses, and a finish of 10th. Coming in, Tom Campbell from North Melbourne, the most significant in for the Saints. Outs, Luke Dunstan has headed to Melbourne and retired. Dylan Robertson, Sean McKernan, Jake Carlisle, James Frawley, delisted Jack Loney, Paul Hunter. Uh, well, disappointing 2021, uh, Shorey. I have my doubts about whether they can get back to those heights of 2020. What are their chances? Uh, not good. I've got them behind, well, the likes, I've got them behind Essen. I've got them behind Carlton. I've got them behind Fremantle. I've got them behind Richmond. So, um, it's not a big rap, is it? And um, I'm trying to find, um, they're not actually ranked elite in any area. They've got deficiencies in depth in the midfield, I feel, and their reliance is very heavily on a sore rider and the emerging brilliance of Rowan Marshall. I want to ask you this. They, they remind me, I, I do like my historical comparisons, but there are disturbing overtones with this. That's unusual. <laughs> well, there are disturbing overtones with this for me of what Brisbane did after 2009 under Vossi. They went out and loaded up on, on more players from other clubs. You know, we saw Favola, uh, Reigns, uh, Buchanan, Clark, et cetera, et cetera. It backfired spectacularly and it took them years to recover as well as the Saints did out of those recruits from other clubs in 2020, the guys they picked up last year, I think, really might set them back. Another worrying factor, too, is injury early season. Hunter Clark and Jack Billings both looking like they might miss about a month of the new season. But uh, that brings... Right, Bruce... Achilles tendons flared again. They, all these things add up, mate. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah, well, I mean, do you, I don't know. How do you do? You agree with me on that uh, Brisbane comparison? I just think they overestimated where they're at, and uh, it's backfired on them. Huge reliance on steel. Yeah, they have got a lot of players coming into the. Look, as I said, um, ten and twelve. So you say, righto, turn it around to twelve and ten, and you're knocking on eighth position. Uh, I think they've got too much competition generally, from those four or five sides around them to push past them. Mm. Um, Hanabry and Geary played five games between them. They've got a tick with Jade Gresham coming back. Very good player. Um, I'm looking for what is the point of difference. Uh, will they finish above, according to us, Rowan, they won't finish above Hawthorne. Well, so how are they going to get past Carlton, Essendon, Richmond, Frio, and a, an injury and lame a pretty determined West Coast. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. You talked about the dependence on steel. I mean, Hawthorne, you can at least go to a Mitchell, an O'Meara, a Wingard. I think those guys all finish top five in their best and fairest. St Kilda's midfield, you've got Hanabry who never plays. Last year, I think the Saints were, I think, uh, 12th for clearances, 11th for disposals, 10th for contested possession. They were 10th for total inside 50s. I mean, they're yeah. just average at everything, aren't they? Well, and no one wants to see Brett Ratton, but you know, you know, you make the statement that then you then you come in with the butt, you know, again. Um, 
I, I can't see where it's coming from. It mm. will be a fantastic coaching performance by the club and by Brett Ratton to push past. And, and sometimes you, you, when you look at it and you say, okay, where will they finish? No, who will they finish in front of? And we've just named five or six clubs that all have a point of difference, in my opinion, over St Kilda. And just quickly, someone described them as the, the pack of cards club. You can build a magnificent, you know, like we did when we were kids, but if you move one card, this club has the capacity, sadly, to come all crashing down. Yeah, the uh, the foundations don't look overly solid. Uh, uh, ladder range for you, one word. 13. Uh, I'm thinking potentially bottom four. All right, let's head to the Harbour City. Well, sorry, if you listened to our podcast last year, you'd know I never lost an opportunity to pat myself on the back about getting the Swans right. But, gee, they are an exciting side. I love their young guys. They are so exciting. Justin McInerney, for me, the pick. But Errol Goulden, James Rowbottom, Sam Wicks, Chad Warner, Hayden McLean, Logan McDonald, Braden Campbell, all of them, 23 or younger, all look so capable. And then you've got a tier of, of players of more experience, but who are still relatively youthful. And there I'm talking about Nick Blakey, Will Haywood, Ollie Florent, Callum Mills, uh, Isaac Heaney, uh, potential superstar of the competition. They've got more ruck strength aboard now with Peter Laddams. So much to like about the Swans, who have completely revolutionised their uh, profile, I guess, from that you know sort of dour, contestable, scrappy team to a running. Uh, free-flowing, high-scoring side who are fantastic to watch. I really hope they continue their improvement, but I'm pretty confident they can. I can't see them not improving. Like I, I went back because I had, to, I saw this kid Justin McInerney, and I'll be first to admit, he's, you know, I haven't got his name written down. So I went back and watched that game. Twenty-one games to now, wasn't it a standing prospect? It is a great lesson to many list managers and club developers that you can go to 16th and in a blink of an eyelid, you can get your club back to 6th on some savvy recruiting, some bravery and some damn good um, development coaching. Here's a gun, Justin McInerney. I'll tell you the game that made me think this kid has got it and this side has potentially got it, was when they beat Melbourne in Cairns late in 2020. It was a really significant result. McInerney, mate, he is a gun. I love that player. Dawson off halfback with his distribution will be missed. And uh, we've spoken about Hewitt's multi-positional role will also be missed. But then you'll get the McInerney's and and the Warners um, stepping into those roles. Uh, The big move last year was the inconsistent Blakey on a half-board flank, a little bit flashy, a little bit out there, all that sort of thing. Totally opposite to his dad, mind you. Had a lot of flair and um, uh, upset a few opposition players. The move back to the half-back line for a left-footer, the way he runs was excellent, allowed Mills to go into the middle. Um, I've got them playing off in the preliminary final. I'd be really surprised if they didn't continue their development 
Uh, they only got seven games out of Logan McDonald, a high profile forward. So you've named the young kids. I, I like them as a team. I don't love them like you do, but I like them as a team. So um, just a quick so one. Just let's a have a go at them finishing top four, Ron. Just a, a quick one on a man, surprisingly, perhaps we haven't yet mentioned, but uh, how much juice has Buddy Franklin got left in the tank? No, he's got a good one in him. And um, look, they'll celebrate his thousands goal when it comes about. And um, I just, as a true centre-half forward, I just push him out to a flank, push him into a pocket, give him the freedom of the forward line, push him up to the wing for five minutes, take him off, rest him the next week. I think they'll handle him superbly and he's done a pre-season yeah well i'm i'm with you robert as uh, as we've uh, elaborated on I, I do love them but uh, i absolutely agree with you i reckon they're very capable of finishing top four all right two clubs left let's do them Let's talk about West Coast, and uh, it's been said a lot over the last few months, but it really has been the summer from hell for the Eagles. And uh, last season didn't finish too well as it was. Their record in 2021, 10 wins, 12 losses, and a finish of ninth. Uh, the most recognisable name coming onto that list is Sam Petrevsky, Seaton, formerly of Carlton. The outs, Brad Shepard, retired. Jared Brander delisted to GWS. Nathan Vardy retired. Daniel Venables retired. Mark, Mark Hutchings delisted. Brendan Archie delisted. Brayden Ainsworth delisted. Some uh, big changes to the list here. Jared Cameron, another one. But the injury toll for the Eagles at the moment, quite unbelievable. Tom Cole, uh, and draftee Campbell Chesser now both facing long stints on the sidelines. Luke Shuey, the skipper, may be back for round one after a hamstring injury, but they are missing for some time. Oscar Allen with a foot injury. Dom Sheed, syndesmosis. Elliot Yo calf injury. Jamie Cripps, pectoral injury. And Jack Darling, of course, the vaccine-hesitant Jack Darling, not in the frame either. That is massive losses all over the ground, Shuri. It was going to be tough enough for them already. Boy, this could be a real struggle 2022 for the Eagles. Well, I'm tipping that, and I think they'll be the real um, – the real. they just finished out of the um, out of the eighth. I think they finished ninth ageing list. They've got 10 All-Australians and 16 Premiership players on that list still. So I'm going to give them a tick to be respected. To get off – to a good start, it's going to be difficult. They have the Gold Coast first up, right? I'm not putting that in the book as a tick, particularly if this young, aggressive, hungry Gold Coast comes and plays well. They are a lot of good players. Shuey played seven games in 2021 and has still got ongoing hamstring issues. Yo's their most important player in mind. Shuey, Cole, you, you just went through them. So I'm going to go through them again. The reliance now on Shannon Hearn as the ageing veteran to distribute the ball out of defence is going to be even more significant for them. Barras and McGovern will stand up in the key posts. But, you know, I, I forgot about Oscar Allen being out too. That was another one. Um, I, I can see them falling. Given the fact that we've listed those clubs that we like, 
and that are emerging, I can see them falling below them. The home ground, uh, the COVID situation, you add all that up, the ageing, Kennedy they're pushing out again, Hearn they're pushing out again. Big gap with Allen and Darling out of the side. Yeah, let, let's have them the bottom half of the ladder on, definitely. Bottom half of the lower half. I think there are significant uh, question marks about their brand of football now too, whether the game's moved a bit past that, that precision uh, kicking to uncontested marks. Um, I'll just jump in, mate. You're right. That's that's the old uh, Subiaco. They, they were a great kicking side, a superb distributors of the ball off halfback, turn 65 metres, lace out. Um, yes, a very good point considering the, the emergence of Melbourne's brand, Richmond's brand, um, anyone that plays a front half pressure game, um, the Eagles haven't got that. So just give us your uh, prediction for them again. What's fifth bottom? Uh, okay. What's that? 18, 17, 16, 14. 14th. Yeah. 13th or 14th? Yeah, yeah, 12th, uh, 12th to 18th for me in a slightly larger bracket. Can you be a bit more specific? Uh, no, I need to, I need a, a bit of a, a comfort margin at this stage of the year. Mate, well, how are we going to go when they bring in Tasmania? How, how many teams have we got to go? I don't, I don't know, but it's been hey, a, it's, it's been a solid debut, Shory. One to go. Oh, mate, I hope your editors <laughs> can get this into one hour or people. Look, there'll be people riding their bike and going for a walk for an hour. But they're not going to. They're not going to hang in for two hours, mate. No, it's all right. Um, they're uh, they're used to Mark Fine. They're familiar with the concept of rambling, surely, just as well. So I've when Tassie come in, we've got to do nineteen of these. Yeah, well, and twenty when Northern Territory do. Correct. Yeah. All right, one to go in version twenty twenty two. Let's do it now. All right, let's talk the Western Bulldogs. Of course, runner up to Melbourne in that amazing. Grand final one, which halfway through the third quarter, they looked destined to win with a 19-point lead. Still can't quite believe that they lost that by 74 points, but uh, a pretty good year nonetheless, 2021. 18 wins and eight losses. Uh, they're loaded with stars. They've got plenty going for them. Can they go one step better in 2022, Shorey? To win the Premiership? No, no, I don't think they can, but um... I can see them um, stabilising, be around the mark, top four, maybe slip. I, I have no reason why they would slip. Um, they've got Tim O'Brien, who uh, we remember taking that outstanding mark at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, number 23 at Hawthorne. He'll come back apparently not to play forward, but to, um, to help stabilise the defence, Rowan. Um, and obviously they were hoping that Young Sam Darcy wouldn't get the um, the the James Heard curse of the of the navicular for a young fellow. That's very very concerning, and they'll put all their in endeavours into that never ever reoccurring again. So, do we see young Sam Darcy this year? Um, that'll be interesting. And of course, we're just hoping we find out what Jamara Ugalhagen is. And if you've got talent, um, which is undeniable, then the question marks come into other areas of, of your game. Application to train, I don't know, but I'm just 
surmising if it's not talent, is it work rate, coachability, application to training, mental toughness, ability to, to take a bit of a spray from, from uh, Bevo, um, slow learner, because number one draft pick, immense talent, immense talent. So we need to see his emergence or find out why he hasn't. Well, well gee, we're, we're tough on players we perceive to be that talented, though, aren't we? I mean, first year in the system, we're just used to those uh, early picks being instant hits now, but some of them take longer than others. So uh, no doubt it's a big year for him. And uh, O'Brien, a crucial pickup as well at the other end of the ground, not just in terms of height and needing to help out Alex Keith, but, of course, the retirement of Eastern Wood in the off-season, well, pretty significant. Um, the ruck setup, eh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Tim English, very, very talented, but does he get outbodied a bit too easily against the bigger, stronger ruckman? And uh, I think that was certainly a case in the grand final up against, uh, well, <laughs> not just Max Gorn, but uh, Luke Jackson, who had oh, Jackson. A, 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 a fantastic grand final. Um yeah. Eugle Hagen going to be really important to that uh, forward in, which also got shown up a bit on grand final day, didn't it? Norton uh, didn't have a great game. Mitch Hannon failed to deliver that sort of in-between role. I think Trelaw and Bontempelli ended up being their leading goal kickers. Josh Bruce is um, looking like late July, Rowan, uh, early August. So, uh, you know, very unlucky with Darcy. If he'd emerged like they thought he would, I reckon he would have got early games. They've held Ugal um, Hagen back, um, giving him a very big apprenticeship in the VFL. Um, so I was hoping we would see them as a, a one-two combination, allowing Norton to move around, roam around the ground, uh, push up, push back to the goal square. That's not going to happen. Um, they'll be round the mark, top four. I've got Sydney replacing them in the top four. So I'm going to leave it at that, fifth. Yeah, big, interesting call. I, I don't think they're missing too much at all. It's easy to, you know, sort of pile on and, and uh, look for flies in the ointment of the formula of a side that loses the grand final by a significant margin. But uh, again, um, this side led a grand final by 19 points late in the third quarter. So I don't think, uh, I think there's scope for further improvement. I think they'll be very close to the mark. Yeah, I'll probably underestimate them. I think it's a great point. People forget about that. They see the resurgence of Melbourne and that sensational finish. And 19 points up in a grand final. Um, I remember a team that was 20 points up at halftime in a grand final. Who, Rowan? It does yeah. happen. No, you've got to stop bringing up these bad memories, Shory. We won't last the whole season if you keep doing that. All right. Uh that is our 18 clubs seasons all previewed and previewed magnificently by our new man in the footyology podcast co-host chair, Robert Shaw. Uh, I'll throw it to you before we sign off. Shaw, how'd you pull up? Have you come through this first episode unscathed? Are you happy with your performance? Well, I don't know. We did have, um, and we might apologize a little bit. Um, I was just using my computer, but I had to go and, get a, um, a professional microphone. So we're not sure how the sound will go, but we'll have the technology people working on it in the break and um, we'll get back to you. No, I loved it. 
I've, I've never spoken so much for about since we since I did the Biney stuff. So the old voice is a bit raspy after that. A couple of hours work, and we'll um, very very enjoyable. Um, we'll get into form. Not a bad start, but we've got more in us, like a lot of those footy teams. A typical coach, never satisfied. And just on the uh, technical front, anything would be an improvement on Finey's obligatory two tin cans and a length of string, which struggled to do the job <laughs> on occasions. No, just kidding. Uh, Finey's equipment was better than that. And while we're talking about the great man, pay him a visit down at Wenny's Fine Foods, uh, quality delicatessen down there in Inkerman Street near the corner of Kuyong Road in North Caulfield. I might uh, drop in and grab a bagel myself. It's wonderful fare. So say good day to Mark Fine and wife Natalie now running Wenny's Fine Foods. That's it for this yep. final pre-season edition. Um, great to have Shory on board again. We will be back. In fact, our regular season programming about to commence our next episode of course, the round one preview next Wednesday on the day of the first game. It comes around quick and we will be going back to two podcasts a week. Of course, wrapping up round one on Sunday evening and the return of our wonderful sponsor, Palmerbet. So big good day to the boys up there. They will be providing us the odds ahead of every game each week on the Footyology podcast. You can support the Footyology podcast by heading to the ACAST supporter page wherever you listen to this show. Or better still, become a Footyology patron via Patreon. Uh, Many links available on the Footyology website, footyology.com.au. Plenty of good reading on there in the lead up to round one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope that gave you a decent preview of your club's chances for 2022. And we'll be back next week to preview round one.